Welcome to the Don't Die Podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck, for Christ's sake. <laughs> well, I guess that's a heck of a Merry Christmas. Stop but yeah, dying. Stop, stop dying. dying. Stop dying. Stop dying. Stop dying. Everybody needs to stop dying, but they're not stopping dying, Chuck. So we're they're, gonna they're have not a, listening at all. Uh, they're not. Nobody's listening. They're like uh, people won't socially distance, and they're dying. People are shooting fentanyl, and they're dying. People are killing themselves and dying. It's a mess out there, Chuck. But it is Christmas, <laughs> so we're gonna forget about all that. And wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Is this Merry one of the worst Christmas? Is this one of the worst Christmases ever? So so I <laughs> so I it's it's gotta be. So Well, you know, you could I easily thought, say it's one of them for sure. Well, I, I wanna talk about I wanna talk about Christmas past, but it's gonna be a long show, so hold on. So I so I so I I talk with my ex and usually we have like the it's chaotic so ellis lives with his mom on the weekdays and here on the weekends right so he we usually do this craziest thing and we started this five five years ago when he was four six years ago so we'd have we would do christmas eve morning like it was christmas morning at my house right Okay. Act like it's Christmas Day. You you were there, Chuck. You were at my house. Oh. In Beachwood. Okay. Right? Yeah, That's absolutely. where this started. That's where this started. Okay. So, because a lot of the clients would, would go home Christmas Eve to go have Christmas Day or Christmas Day to go with their families. So, it was pretty lonely for me. Like, Aww. Elvis going to his mom's. All the clients were going to their family's house. So, I just started doing Christmas, Christmas Eve morning like it was Christmas morning. Right? It worked really good for like three years. Then I would drive Elvis home to his mom to spend Christmas Eve with her family. Then he would have Christmas morning with her. Then I would pick him up at 10 so that he could have Christmas brunch with me. Right? And Christmas night or whatever. Right? Okay. So this year, um, Sam, my ex says... Hey, you know, I'm working Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. She's a nurse, right? And COVID thing and uh, whatever it is in a, at a hospital. And so she said, so I'm working Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And Just my family's, <laughs> huh? <laughs> whatever, whatever that is, a hospital thing. Well, hospitals have COVID, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I've been hearing about this COVID. We gathered lately. all that, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not. It's not a myth, like you're hearing from Trump. It's not a myth. There's actually people in hospitals really nah. sick from COVID. And guess what, Chuck? Nurses what? have to be there and nurse them. But like, if you if you like Trump, can you get it? <laughs> That's because... a good question. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to leave so, that alone. So anyway, so she's got to work because, you know, I, I, people across the country don't know. Los Angeles is the epicenter of COVID right now. All it's right. insane. Every ICU bed in Ventura County, L.A. County, and soon Orange County is full. So anyway, so she's working Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So I said, well... You know, because you know, I used to go to her family's Christmas. I said, "Well, I could bring 
I was your families. And she just looked at me and said, Bob, they're not having Christmas. And I was mm. like, it didn't dawn on me. Like, people are really not having Christmas. Yeah. It's so it, sad. It's different. It's totally different, huh? I know. It's like, my folks are going to come over here and like are say hi to us in the window or they no but they, they the don't window? want they don't want anybody else here and they want to be the first of the day and everybody will be masked up and they're just going to come in and drop buggy stuff and then disappear we're not going to their house uh, you know we i still didn't realize it until i had this conversation like people are really not having christmas yeah like i don't give a fuck about thanksgiving i've just seen it i just see it as it should be we should just get rid of it as a holiday but christmas i love because you know it's because you're such a devout christian no because it's about <laughs> I, I children know. it's I about know, the I kids know. man it's, it's about, about the, the kids. kids so then i just started thinking man this is fucked up and so mm -hmm. i went out i went out and bought like Seven hundred more dollars worth of presents for everybody. Aww. <laughs> like, Gonna I, fill I, that I, hole with money, huh? <laughs> no, most people go to different places on Christmas Eve and Christmas yep. Day. Most that I know do. Still right? happening with me. Jeez, Mike, you're, you're out there running the risk. Oh uh, yeah, I'm not very henny penny about it. I don't think the sky's falling. <laughs> wow, you know what, what a I change do. of pace. <laughs> I don't think a lot of our junkie listeners are old enough to know what Henny Penny means. <laughs> what happened to just like, I go out, I wear a mask wherever I go, I fucking wash my hands 20 times, I use hand sanitizer, I don't get near people, uh, I, you know, and I don't eat out at restaurants. And my kids do the I same. I think it's because, I think, I, I think they didn't know as much about the transmission by asymptomatic people. It is pretty crazy. Because I've been saying it since Los Angeles became the epicenter of the United States. Hey, if there's any city or any county in the United States that has adhered to the letter of the law of the recommendations, it's LA County and it's Los Angeles. And yet it's wow. still the epicenter of all COVID infection and spread uh, in the last two weeks. We're yeah, all San Francisco is pretty dang tight. I know. Did you, did you there, see the thing about more people dying of drugs than COVID in San Francisco? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I sent that. I sent that to you guys a couple. I got some. I got some new fentanyl information too. With all that said, now I'm. I'm like it's. It's like a challenge now because like I would hate to get it now, right? And then the vaccine's out, and you're waiting to get the vaccine. And, you know, just before you get the vaccine, you get the shit and die. <laughs> <laughs> Mike I'm, gonna, I'm being very careful. I'm not Mike gonna is going to stop dying right now. <laughs> so, so are you going? You're good, so the kids are going over. The kids to, are having, are having uh, New Year's Eve and the New Christmas Year's Eve. Christmas Eve, not I'm sorry, New Year's Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve and, and Christmas morning. Well, you know, I'm already. I'm already down the road with this shit. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to Devon's and they're coming back to you for Christmas no, no, Day? No, no, no. They're just going to Christmas Eve with me and then they're going to Christmas morning with me. And then I take them down to Devon's. On Christmas Day. On Christmas Day. See that? Then, That's two, right? There's no two going on. We're not going anywhere. We're, his, yeah. we're at this well, fucking they're, house. They're, they're going to Devon's mom's after that. Oh, really? Is that safe? Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, you know what? I think, I think you're right, Mike, because the, 
the whole and and Bob too that this whole the whole model has changed so much and I think they're still learning like at my sister's house when her kid got it no one else even though they lay on the couch on Sunday afternoons together and eat meals together no one else got it now her and her husband got it but their their other kid didn't get it and they they share a household so I don't I think we're going to be learning about this stuff for a long time and I'm not afraid to do the vaccine because I got like a thousand of them when I was a kid and it can't make me any worse in the head right I'm not making well, here's babies the other anymore thing about, about the whiny snivelly baby of America like so I know a lot of people that already gotten the vaccine the the symptoms are um you know, a little fatigued, a little, a little tired, nap a lot the next day, um, your arm hurts, da, da, da. Americans are not taking a vaccine because their arm might hurt or they might be a little tired the next day. <laughs> I this know, is, that's just, ridiculous. You know, everything hurts all the time. Like, you just fucking take care of business. I want to tell you guys, so, Christy wanted a new chest of drawers. Get a chest of drawers. Uh, and I, you know, I'm one of the, I'm one of these guys like, just get it in the car and I'll fucking figure it out. I bought it at this thrift store. It's really cool. It's old. It's, it's so then, you know, I felt it when the guys were putting it in my car or in the Jeep. Right. So, so it's plenty heavy, huh? <laughs> it's plenty heavy, but you know how you figure like, once I get the drawers out, it'll be so much lighter. <laughs> so I get it to my house and I literally can't pull it out of the car. It's so, it feels like a piano is stuck in there, Chuck. It's fucking, it's made out of, you know, it's like 1940s wood fucking chest of drawers. So the night is fucking mightily, you know, as hard as I can pull it and get it sliding out of the car and it just thumps on the ground. I'm like, oh shit, it scratched it up. It's got, it's got, here's the thing, the, the thing, I don't know if they refinished it or not, but it's gone. It's gone pristine condition from 1946 because it's got the dates on the back to 2020, and I just pull it out of my Jeep and thump it on the ground and scratch it all. It's because of COVID. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, Bob, back in your back in back in your Budweiser days when you used to carry a Budweiser 12 pack in each hand wherever you went, yes, you'd just I be you'd be just lifting that thing right out with a couple right of beers, you would carry it right into the fucking house. So then I get it, and I'm I'm fucking you know I'm balancing it with my legs. I mean I got it upright. It's kind of a crazy thing. I get it up into the house. I. You know, I, I got some wax and kind of covered up the stuff I scratched in and got it all together. And I realized, like, I couldn't walk the next day. This was on Saturday. <laughs> Yesterday, I couldn't, I, I had to, like, like big, big old guys got to swing over in the bed and, like, kind of <laughs> momentum myself up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, oh, that just sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> about their arm hurting from a fucking shot. And being a little fatigued. I can't, like, I guarantee you people in Brazil are not talking like that. I guarantee you people in China aren't talking like that. I guarantee you people in fucking Sub-Saharan Africa are not talking like that. Americans are the biggest whiny, snivelly babies on earth. 
It's sickening. No, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> you know, hey, did you see, though, that when, uh, now this was last week because we'll be broadcasting this at Christmas, but uh, Joe Biden got the uh, shot, and he actually said, hey, you know, thanks to the the current administration for moving that along and everything. He gave Trump a little bit of a, you know, hey, thank Did his you. arm hurt? Was he fatigued, oh, he Mike? Say, no, his arm didn't even fucking hurt. <laughs> Someone will need to tell him if it so, does. Hey, go. Yeah, yeah. Hey, does your arm hurt? New, yeah. Here's the thing. I uh, my thoughts about the vaccine. I'll take any vaccine they got that I qualify for. I'll take multiple ones. I don't care because I don't want to be the one that is responsible for killing my father-in-law with my irresponsibility my lack of consideration of other people. I don't know how these fucking people justify that. I don't know how. You're not wearing a mask. Do you have any elderly people in your life? Do you have any because people of, with Because of communism, bro. There's not a good argument. And it's like, I, I, I'm kind of with you on this one. I'm, I'm ready to, I'll do both vaccines and expose myself to it after I do, just so that the next time it rolls around, I'm good to go. I'm because not, I'm, I don't want to be the one that transfers it to somebody that dies. Right. Why are people not thinking like that? Why are they not thinking like that? Don't you think that's a don't you think that's the same shit we've been talking about from when, <laughs> when we first when we first started doing this? It was like, oh man, millennials. But then we realized it's it's not just the millennials; it's the people that raised them, and those are the people that are doing this stuff. It's the people that raised the millennials. It's the people that are fighting with each other on Facebook and splitting hairs and arguing when no one knows this shit. No one really knows. Even the governments had to had to switch it up and anyway so so a lot of people aren't going to have christmas and or at least see their families or kids especially man especially so yeah you can say i'm trying to fill a hole with buying presents for my kids it's a fuck christmas chuck i want them them to like forget about what a fucked up christmas it is and if opening presents or getting stockings and we did a lot of cool stuff like we did this fake letter from BTS for Sydney. Like she thinks they wrote her a letter. Aww. Isn't that cool? Yeah. You know, you know the band BTS? Yes, I do. Yeah. Don't, I hope nobody tells her that it's not from them. She's not listening. <laughs> uh, yeah. right? how, easy, how easy is it to trick four-year-olds, dude? How uh, easy is it? <laughs> it's fantastic. And you can tell her about that the same time you break the Santa news. So it's not like a big deal. Oh, she'll get you back when she's 16 to 18 or so. <laughs> she's probably, I, I bet you, you know, because the digital is forever, right? I'll bet you, like, one day after I'm dead and gone, she might be sitting somewhere listening to this podcast and she'll go, oh, my fucking God, it wasn't for BTS. <laughs> no, that's when she ships you to that bad nursing home when the next virus comes around <laughs> and you're one of the first 100,000. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyways. So, so I started thinking about that, and then I've really been thinking about the the people that have died of drugs and suicide. I just because the end of the year, don't you think about things like this was by far the worst drug overdose death year in American history. Eighty two thousand two hundred seventy six. More people have died of drug overdoses in San Francisco. Three times as many, actually, have died of drug overdoses than of COVID-19 in San Francisco. 
Yep. And, and, and it's just forgotten. And all those families, all those 82,276 families, nobody's going, oh, you know, let's think about them for the holidays. No one is, Chuck. No one. And we should be. Because you know what? Those children and, and loved ones that died of drugs in, to, to, in 2020, they, they were probably in the prime of their lives. Not 82% yeah. of the people 75 and over. The, the, the demographic of overdose death is 18 to 24. Get this, 18 to 24, the leading cause of death now is suicide. Suicide. Yeah. yeah. 18. Well, think about think about when you guys were 18 and 19 and 20 and 21 and 22 and 23 and 24. That's what's the greatest time of my life. And these kids are killing themselves. Mm. It's fucking it's like I I was telling this friend of mine, it's like we're I'm screaming at the at the at the moon and nobody's hearing it. Like the leading cause of death of young people is suicide, and we got to listen to this COVID shit 24 hours a day? I'm sorry. <laughs> Why are we not talking at least a little bit about that? You, you know what? It, it, this, uh, this person came into treatment. I talked to them for the first time today, and they're in their 30s, and they're from Nashville, and they were telling me about this new pink drug that you can get on the dark web that you have to cut a 30 to 1 ratio of it for it to be usable and that this person has known 10 people in the last month that have overdosed on it and that's what they were doing and i'm looking for nashville to start showing up on on the numbers and stuff i hadn't heard so anything fat, about no, this it's, it's no it's, no it's, pills, right? it's a fat, designer yeah, i know what it it's is an, it's a it's a new it's, it's a it's horrible. Okay, so I talked to a, a drug dealer uh, yesterday, and he was telling me the new things, right? That one of the new things is that it's a fentanyl pill that has benzodiazepine in it, and kids are buying that. It's called something. So this might be similar to the same thing. It's got, it's got a little bit of fentanyl, a little bit of benzodiazepine. They're affordable, and they're being made. They're being and and they look just like over-the-counter pills or prescription pills. And they're it's fentanyl and 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 uh, uh, Xanax, uh, basically. And it's in one pill form. And it's uh, and it's you know supposed to be low um, strength. And they only cost like five bucks or something. It's just frightening what's going on. And then if you feel like a kid's hopeless, helpless, lost, feels that mm. the world is hopeless, helpless, lost. I mean, if you're it, like me, I can just tune it all out and I know it's all bullshit. But I don't think if I was 19, I could. I don't think if I was 22, I could. I would believe all this stuff, either that it's a coup and Trump's trying to make a martial law or that, you know, the, the election was stolen by the, you know, what he, basically it's so racist what they're saying about Georgia. It's, it's <laughs> not even it's not even subliminal. And so if, uh, but I have the ability to say, well, you know, cooler heads will prevail. The, the Justice Department will deal with it. The Supreme Court, 
the most divided Supreme Court in American history just declined at nine to zero. Nine to zero. Okay. Right? So I have faith in our institutions, not in our politicians, but in our institutions. But if I'm 22, I don't have that faith. I have no ability to reference that it is not chaotic and the ends of times. And you add, you know, this evangelical Christianity to it and Jesus is going to come back and, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's just frightening what young people are going through. It's, fr- it's got to be frightening. It's coming at them through their phones 24 hours a day. The election was stolen. Oh, you know, they're trying to do a coup. Like, either way that you believe, it's just got to be so emotional for a gener- two generations, Zers and, and, and millennials, that have very little coping skills to begin with. Right? Yeah, I, and I've been able to avoid it. I, I, this is the first time hearing about that because there's nothing I can do about it. And I know it won't, it won't help me maintain and be able to... Well, you know, Just I, hearing I, that I, is just such a bummer, and I don't want to translate I said that to that. my kid. I said, that. I said that to a very passionate kind of liberal kid, friend of mine, kind of mentor. And he said, is that what people were saying in Berlin in 1939? And I really thought about it. He wasn't being flipped. He was asking, how many people just said, oh, there's nothing I can do about it? Because you hear that a lot. What you just said, you hear that a lot. You know, there's a big difference between uh, genocide and war in rhetoric. They, in 1939, there wasn't there there it wasn't known that genocide was going on, but it oh. was known that there was a dictatorship getting put into place. Right. Well, but, see, everybody always jumps to the Holocaust. Keep that to, you know table that. There was a a a, a parliamentary democracy, and. And Hitler took over as dictator. And people were saying, oh, you know, it'll all straighten out. Da, 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 it'll work out, whatever. And we know what happened. It didn't work out so well. It didn't turn but out so good. Trump can't be a dictator, though. So it's a different, it's, it's a different, different game. It won't happen like that. Well, I mean, you've got to admit, you may feel that way. But if you're a 22-year-old liberal in Los Angeles that's listening to all this, you may not feel that way. And he has the right to not feel that way. And to feel that our apathy and saying it's all going to work out all right. And, and he's a good arguer. He said, uh, Bob, did you ever think it could, be, it could be, get this bad and be like this? And I, I had to admit, no. I never, I, I had no idea of how susceptible American, the American society was to something like this. To misinformation, uh, division, uh, hatred spread by both outside interference and internal na- kind of muckruckers. I really had no idea that something like this could happen. I really had no idea. What can you do? That's, that's you can what call, I'm saying. You can call, you can do what, what I did in the Kavanaugh hearings, and you could call your state senator and say, and I was saying it in the, I just think, this is a spectacle. This is harming the country. I don't know what good is coming of this. I left a voice message on Diane Feinstein's voicemail about it. And I know how politicians work. They got their pros, they got their cons, and they got their in-betweens. And they, they, do, they do analyze that. I, so I guarantee that, you that politicians analyze that. So, so when, when you voice your opinion 
and and it's something you you feel strong enough to leave a message or send an email it matters because i guarantee you your opposing team is definitely sending the emails and definitely leaving the messages so if you have a counter opinion you should voice your opinion that's what democracy is that's government in action that's right. what that woman's office is supposed to do serve her constituents so that i'll vote for her again and i voted for both her and her sister every time they were on the ballot because they actually did something for me <laughs> right and you know I, had, I, mean? I had that with this guy nolan frizzell he was here in our district when when tristan so 30 years ago when tristan was born we didn't have any health insurance and i told him i said we're trying to get ims which is was the indigent medical services so that we could just have the baby delivered in a hospital because we we're being denied everywhere and stuff happened right now and, and that's one of those things where it's just like yes on the local level we do have a lot of pull when we contact them directly not by posting on facebook or by you know whatever else not just by fighting with our neighbors but by actually contacting the people that can make a difference i, I mean yeah do, you don't think that there is um there are people that are capable of thinking and seeing whether i agree with the outcome of anything or not there will be a transition of power i can almost i, I would almost bet everything i've got on it because that's not the way that's not the way it works here we're not a we're we're not a uh, Eastern Bloc country. So on nope. Christmas, we're on the Christmas show. We're like looking back on the year. It's been an awful year. I don't think anybody's going. God, this was a great year. I don't know of anybody that delusional. This has been awful. <laughs> you know, millions of people. I just talked to a woman who does a food bank in in uh, Carlsbad, and said regular people that her kids go to school with are in the food lines. Like that, this, this has not happened since the Great Depression. And I, and I don't want to be um, lacking in compassion towards people that have multi-generational food needs and all that. That's a horrible atrocity and a, and a, blo a blotch on our society. But the fact that working class, middle class or working class, whatever you want to call it, after nine months of either one or both being unemployed, are in food lines to get bread and cheese and eggs for their to feed their families N another thing the media is not covering at all so i don't see this was this was obviously the worst year that i've ever lived through in my lifetime watching the pain and suffering of millions and millions and millions of people on top of the pain and suffering of the millions of people that suffer every year no matter what happens this is shocking to me that everybody just keeps saying, well, things are good. The wall, the stock market's good and, you know, and everything. And they got your, 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 which side of the baseball team you're rooting for. And, you know, and you idolize the Kardashians or you look up to Kanye or whatever, or your idolatry of wealth. Like this is the sickest society and the worst year of it since the Great Depression by far beats this this year beats the lat the, the 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 what up till my lifetime was the shittiest year in american history 1968 this beats it 2020 is the worst year 
in my lifetime in America. And the only <laughs> okay. reason I know 68 is because two of my sisters were hippies and it was chaos in our house and my dad wanted them out. And it was just, uh, it was tearing America apart, 1968. And I don't think my younger sister, Susan, who's passed away a couple of years ago, I don't think her and my dad ever liked each other ever again after that year. And she was, so I was, in 68 i was seven she was 19 she was 19 in 1968 my sister she was all about power to the people and hair under your arms and no bra and you know what i mean and my dad was just like beside himself it really was corrosive and destructive to our family Right? You know, we, that is so interesting that that's never talked about all that's talked about is the music and Woodstock, uh, the summer of love, and no one, no one talks about what what it did to America, as far as the the nuclear family and everything else. How it was kind of the beginning of the end. It was the beginning of, of the end, and now this is just suffering beyond belief. And let alone that three hundred thousand people have suffocated to death. You know, and I would say, you know, you go by the 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 kind of scale the things the projection things that harvard had and, and mayo clinic and it's just like it's about a hundred thousand useless deaths let's be honest if everybody just would have been on board like we were in, for world war ii uh it'd be a hundred thousand less deaths so a hundred thousand people have died because americans can't agree just to care about each other it's the saddest year in the history of america in my lifetime it's the saddest year so what do we have to look forward to? 2021, bitches, come on. You got vaccine <laughs> coming. You got concerts coming back. You got movie houses opening up. We got a lot of things coming in 2021. But at a reflective time like Christmas, like the holiday season is, it's really hard to like say, oh, you know, other than, you know, 300,000 people dying of COVID and everybody losing their job and, you know, almost 100,000 people dying of drugs and another 25, 30,000 killing themselves. It was a pretty good year. Well, <laughs> if you were, if you were a, a part owner or stockholder in Walmart or Amazon, you had a great year. Well, I, you know, that, that's an interesting thing. If you invested in things that you knew were going to be profitable right now, like the the gloves manufacturers or the the you know the what is it called the protective gear and all that that's pretty opportunistic but if you had money in walmart i don't i don't think you have to feel guilty if you had money in kroger kroger is the biggest supermarket chain in america if you had stock in that i don't think you have to feel guilty but if you purposely like in april bought into like pfizer and you're killing it right now <laughs> shame on you <laughs> shame on you <laughs> well and i know that it's like it's it's one of those things where it's like i was talking to a guy uh the other day and he goes you know uh a lot of people just started buying things at the 99 cent store and selling them on ebay and um and, and on amazon opening up little stores and started making a lot of money and i said there what's wrong with that Nothing wrong with that. No, that that's, Amer that's, that's American ingenuity. That's, a, yeah. that's a entrepreneurial spirit of America yeah. right there. Yeah. You know, one thing that made me sad, though, we were getting out of the car, 
last night me and sid went christmas shopping for the rest of them and uh uh she forgot to put her mask on i said oh you gotta get a mask on and she put it on and she just looked at me four four and a half year old angelic beautiful little child that doesn't really know of the evilness of the world yet and said daddy when is the sickness gonna be over mm -hmm. that's the first time she's asked Shit. when it's gonna be over and I said, pretty soon, pretty soon. Because, you know, once again, kids are dumb and they don't know how, how long pretty soon is. <laughs> Angelic, <laughs> but pretty, dumb. <laughs> pretty, pretty soon. You can say pretty soon and it could, yeah, a year is pretty soon compared to the history of mankind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. But she just needed to be reassured that it was going to go away. Pretty soon, Sid, pretty soon. But we're going to get presents for... Mama and Elvis and Nanny and Papa and Zaya and Baba. We're going to get presents for everybody. And that, that, is, that is the American way of kind of doing this. And we did make a lot of cool special presents for, for everybody, too, that she enjoyed doing. But, but it is. It's, it's just like I just think you got to make it all about the kids even more than ever before because they're not going to see their aunts and uncles. They're not going to see their cousins. They're not going to see anybody. There is no Christmas Eve like it always has been. There's no nobody going to anybody's houses like it's always been. Just another fucked up thing and a long list of fucked up things this year, right? Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, it's cool that you took Sid somewhere and went shopping for other people. That getting out of yourself and thinking about other people thing is really where it's at right now and it, it's funny that the people that preach that won't wear masks but the, the idea that at least you were out shopping for other people and thinking of what would make other people happy and getting out of yourselves for that moment instead of locking yourself up on the computer and leaving her at home and leaving well, her I'm out gonna, of it, I'm gonna really I'm gonna really show you how how wonderful my child is we were going by this aisle and she goes hold up back up back up because she's sitting in the cart thing and she goes, back up, back up, go down there, go down there, go down there. And she saw a little baby bassinet that you sit by the side of the bed that you can rock. And she goes, we need to get that for mama. And we got it for her. There you go. That was so cool. So That cool. is very cool. There's a way yeah. to raise children aware of, like, it's better to do for others than it is for yourself. It's also because they see you being, they see you being sharing, giving, not hoarding, not being, you know, they, they, it's not it's they watch man they watch but i wonder do you think about it because i always think about it around the holidays i think it, tomato to plenty the great punk rock singer of the screamers used to say this thing never forget that that person has a sister who loves them has mothers who are proud of them, a mother who's proud of him don't ever forget that that person is a human being tomato to plenty taught, taught me that just look at them as human beings, right? And that was a really valuable thing. Let me tell you the worst Christmas I ever, I ever had. So I realized that I wasn't really invited to my family's Christmas, mostly because my sister, that younger one that I told you about, said, I said, so are you going to Auntie Abby uh, and Auntie Jen's for, um, for Christmas? And she said, oh, I don't know, Bobby. And I go, you don't know? This is like December 23rd. And she said, well, I mean, are you going to go, Bobby? Are you planning on going? And I got this sense that um, I wasn't invited. Or, and I said, what's going on? Am I not invited? And she said, well, it makes people feel uncomfortable, Bobby, when you come there and you're all on drugs. 
And I said, oh. So, you know, that worked with me for like 24 hours. And for some reason, I had Elijah, my older son. He was like six on Christmas Eve night. And I was supposed to bring him back Christmas morning. And I thought, you know what? Fuck them. I got drunk and I drove from Hollywood, California to out to the uh, out near Victorville, a retirement community called Silver Lakes for those that live in the upper desert. And I just went there and I was dr- drunk and kind of angry and defiant, right? I got my six-year-old kid in tow. By the way, I drove shit-faced drunk up the 15 freeway with yeah, my write son that in the car. Right, that parenting no- book. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I go there, and I knew that they all were, probably my sister told them I'm not coming, so they, and they felt embarrassed in their, you know, uh, you know, white upper middle class, prideful, never talk about anything family. So they all went in the bedrooms throughout the dinner, like getting little uh, envelopes with money for my son, right? And so we walk out of there that night, no presents. Uh, I think my one sister, Jane, had a present for Elijah. We, we walk out of there, we got one present and like 300 bucks because my aunts gave him money. They gave me money. My sisters gave my son money, you know, so they're giving him money. This shows you how, how smart they are about drug addiction, right? Yeah, Chuck? way to go. So I am flying back down the 15 to get back to Hollywood. I got 300 bucks. I'm yeah. going to go get high. And I did. And I went to Junkie Johnny. Remember that guy, Chuck? Junkie Johnny that had, I mean, Mike that dealt drugs on Hollywood Boulevard next to Janet Cunningham on Hollywood Boulevard. Uh, yeah, John Lee. John Lee. John Lee. That's his name. Right. Yeah. <laughs> He's been sober for decades. Yep. He, um, I went there, got some crack, got some heroin, doing it in front of my six-year-old son, right? Yeah. Um, right. And trying to get him to watch like the Santa Claus Lane Parade that was on a black and white TV. And me and John Lee and my son spent Christmas Eve from like 11 o'clock midnight until like 2 or 3 in the morning. Elijah fell asleep in his, uh, on his couch. That was uh, one Christmas I had. So with, with that story and how depressing that is, that's the way a lot of junkies spend Christmas is high and getting high and seeking to get high and and not showing up for family and I, I mean in comparison my christmases have all been good even this one well it will be your sobriety date won't it michael march it will be yes if i make it without uh, without <laughs> guzzling a bottle of whiskey uh before how many the 25th. years 28 28 wow cool 28 years sobriety actually uh, why don't i just put this out on my 28th uh, birthday that'll be great i don't know you know, I always use Mike Mart as an example to not have to go to meetings, Chuck. I don't know if you know this. But yes, when Mike got when Mike got sober, he only went to one meeting a week. And then I'm in Hollywood. He's down in Long Beach. They're telling me you just gotta go to one meeting a week. In Hollywood, they're telling me I gotta go to like seven meetings a week. I'm like, Well, Mike Mart's sober like three years. He only goes to one meeting a week and they and you know what? And this is this is all the people you know, Dave Navarro, Johnny Navarro, Anthony, all the people that helped me get sober would say, well, that's Mike March sobriety. That's not your sobriety. <laughs> <laughs>
I couldn't did. really confuse my sobriety with a whole bunch of different opinions. I had to go to my home group, and that was it. And then I talked to only four or five people in my home group. Jimmy Wood being one of them. Texas Terry. You know, and uh, Wiley was Wiley in that, and uh, Wiley would come sometimes. And there was about there was about five or ten people that I just that I that I took and I just held on to. You know, they were a great group, the Hollywood Strip group, and it was really all I could handle. Any other crazy ideas coming in from this and like, I went to other meetings. I tried, and it, it was just like I was like, "What?" I was confused. You know, you can't share about that in a meeting and stuff like that. You know, you remember how crazy that was back yeah. then. It was a little well, bit. Well, that's what I'm talking about, Chuck. If you if you were going to discharge a client tonight, uh, uh, and would you say, "Hey, go to a meeting a week and just get like." four or five crazy people and just listen to them. Would that be your recommendation? Would that be your discharge plan for that person? <laughs> it is for all of them. No, but that's what worked for Mike Mart. I know. worked for Mike Mart. But Jimmy Wood is pretty solid. But Jimmy Wood's Texas the best. Terry is pretty crazy. Chuck, did you uh, know Texas Terry? I mean, she, she, you know her? She lives in Texas now. Does she uh, live I think in Texas? She, li she lived in Germany. She lives in Germany, Germany. now, I think. Well, yeah, okay. that was later so on. You she lives so in Germany you now. Know her. Legendary, greatest gal, so full of life. I got two great stories about her. One, she gets a boob job. I see her. She goes, I go, I go what, what happened? She goes, I got a boob job. You want to see? And she just pulled up her shirt and she goes, want to feel them? And I was like, no, Terry, I don't want to feel them. Yeah. Like that's, that was Hollywood 1989 or 90 or and then she got a big, uh, then she got a big uh, spider web tattooed on it too. So she, she had to show that <laughs> off too. And then, and then for you, Chili Pepper Sands, I know there's Chili Peppers kind of, fans that check in with don't die once in a while um she's the one who discovered halal's body halal Slovak's oh, yeah. body mm -hmm. and she called me and i i always never forget that i because i could tell in her voice like she says we're anthony and fleet and i was like why what's going on just call 911 because at that time chuck in los angeles 911 was not something you called you mm -hmm. put ice cubes up somebody's butt you put them in the shower and put cold water on them. You slapped them. You shot them up with speed. You did whatever you could. But to call 911 was to get everyone arrested. Mm -hmm. And she said, no, it's way past that. And I just went, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, man. Right? Yeah. And I just remember her. I, I ran over there. and The cops were there. And... and uh, it was just, it was just, and she was such a strong person for all of us through all that. She was just so rational, right? Yeah. And she told me, you better go find Halal's mom because they're going to Halal's mom's house. And I was like, holy shit. Can you imagine cops knocking on your door? Hey, hey, hey. Uh, we got some news for you because, you know, cops back then, that was 88. Cops back then, Chuck, they weren't so compassionate <laughs> about that time, 88, 89. And it, really, like, the cops liked telling them because they thought the parents are pieces of shit for creating this piece of shit. I mean, we've come a long way about addiction when you think about it. Still got a long ways to go. Still do. But yeah. At least people see addicts as human beings. Not all that important to human beings or worthy of kind of uh, real 
empathy like people who die of other diseases, but at least seen as human beings, right? And that's hopefully something that we're, we're contributing to, or at least you can try your best. By the way, Chuck, there's two types of fentanyl. I, I, I quizzed this addict that, I was, that was a fentanyl dealer. Two types, one that burns clear, one that burns black. Did you know that, Chuck? Did not. Never okay. got it. The one that burns clear is way more deadly. So that's a tip I wanted to give our addict population. The new numbers are, for one kilo of pure fentanyl, you can, get, you can cut it to make 77 kilos of fentanyl. A, a, cent, uh, a kilo of fentanyl sells for a certain amount that makes that a total of $1,030,000 uh, or something. So, the, the, so get this. The price of fentanyl has plummeted. That means it's cheaper for the addicts. They're going to be, uh, like, I don't know how we're going to stop it. I don't know how, you know what I mean? I don't know how you're going to stop it. If the price was one kilo of, of fentanyl makes $13 million worth of product, and now it only makes $1 million worth of product, that means the price of fentanyl is cheap on the street, correct? That's, that's not good. That's yeah, not no, good. I'm, I, it's always been totally affordable, but. Uh, whatever i guess you know, i guess we'll see why, what happens with that that's exact and that's exactly why people are dying because the human body hasn't evolved hasn't changed hasn't it's like giving somebody a, a faster and faster car well when More we first started die. talking about we can go back when we first started talking about fentanyl mike you said if, you, if fentanyl was on the streets when you were an addict you would have lined up to get it and i'm I telling sure you i would not have i would not have because i was scared i doubt it I, I would I, not. I'm, 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 I say that's bull. Come on. No, I can be, tell you, you I always bought dope from Frenchie. Everybody would say, oh, he's got the shit. And if Frenchie was selling fentanyl? It, it would be the worst fentanyl in town. <laughs> 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 well, I'll agree with you there. And I would be, I would be safe. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, you'd be safe. That's a good uh, place. Fresh would be keeping you safe by cutting Chuck, it so Fentanyl, so much. yeah. yeah uh, Frenchie was known for cutting his dope so bad oh, that there was hardly God. any dope left in it. But I would yeah. always go there because he would front me and I could hang out and whatever. Like whatever. All right. Well, so you were safe. <laughs> so, 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 but, but I do believe that it's the generation needing the fentanyl. I, I, I really, I just, I think it has something to do with that. If you're a person who doesn't really have, see, here's the thing. I didn't think the future was going to work out for me, but I did have complete faith that the future was going to work out for other people. Right mm -hmm. now, you have a generation of people who don't think the future is going to work out at all for anyone. That's different. Yeah. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying, Chuck? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, they, and, and they're straight. They don't even want to do heroin anymore. They, would, they all want to do fentanyl, fentanyl, fentanyl. It's crazy, all day. Right? There's so, there's not not a lot of hope in that. We got to. So the hope is next Christmas. Either everything's going to be back to normal or it's going to be beyond crazy. And I want to see which it is. That's the truth of it. Next Christmas, is it going to be everybody gets together and we go on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and we go to this house and that house and everybody feels safe and everybody feels uh, we, can, we can put this year and a half behind us? Or 
is it going to be like now or even worse? That's, well, there you go. that's a question. It, it's time for a bumper sticker. Hope for the best, prepare for the worst. You know, that's well, kind of even the, if it does get better, we'll find something to complain about, I'm sure. Yeah, the, the drug overdose <laughs> death, I don't I don't think drug uh -huh. overdose death is going <laughs> because, away. Because we'll be older and the older you get the more you you know, you sort of complain about the young people, right? Does caring and here's a good question for you. Does caring and trying to do all these different programs and all, and me opening my mind about Suboxone and all this kind of stuff and us doing the outreach and handing out thousands of doses of Narcan for free, does it really matter? Does it really yeah. matter? You read the article, right? I mean, that was the first thing I noticed the when, Narcan, when Amy yeah. sent that. I mean, there were 2,200 yeah. doses of that used that would have, could have possibly been more fatalities so right. that the fact that it's out there and that people got another chance that they got to roll over and go wow that time maybe maybe they had that moment of clarity maybe so they were able to wake Narcan, up you're saying the narcan is the leading thing we should focus on I, I think right now what you've got is you got a bunch of people doing it if we can't stop them doing it maybe we can keep them alive long enough so that they choose to stop okay now we got a mission for 2021 we're narcan all in all in with Narcan. We're gonna 100%. do some more Narcan. We do some more Narcan events. Uh, try to get yeah, because when you think about it, we did those two Narcan events. We gave out like 400 and 130, so 500 Narcans, and then I've been giving it out to anybody who wants it for a, like a year. So, um, so you can't do public gatherings anymore so how do we even get it out we should look at that so so for 2021 we got to figure out in january how to get some narcan out in the hands of the addicts we got to think about maybe advocating for narcan being given away at the pharmacies that's what they do in other states why can't you go into cvs or walgreens in hollywood and just say you know i'm at high risk or my boyfriend or girlfriend's at high risk can i get uh, a thing of narcan i have medical can you there's got to be some way to get narcans in the because i call it beyond the first responders right to the right. addicts themselves is beyond the first responders right we need to get in the hands of the boyfriends and girlfriends in the hands of the addicts and mm -hmm. the, and it should be a government private private industry combination it should just be everywhere it should be yeah, everywhere that, that's a great idea Let's, yeah, let's, we should be tripping over it. Yep. All right. Let's. You know who our main ally for that is, and he. I think he's going to be unemployed pretty soon. Uh, Governor Chris Christie. He wanted. <laughs> he. I. I did a. I did a, a conference with him where he wanted Narcan uh, doses inside every building that where there uh, there were fire fire where there were fire extinguishers. He wanted a new little box installed in every public building, in every um, uh, apartment building, that there was Narcan in every um, thing. And he said, it's easy to do. You just got to pass a couple of laws and it, it'll happen. And Bring glass to get Narcan. Yeah, break glass, get Narcan. Let's try <laughs> to think about that for 2021. Now we got some goals, gentlemen. I feel nice. hopeless. I feel hopeless about. Uh, I feel pessimistic and and sad about 2020 and Christmas. But I, if we can do that, if we can just start getting really Narcan focused, I just Chuck, you gave me a new lease on life. Yeah. Yay. Chuck said, yeah. It's called Chuck Memory School: Quantifiable, Evidence-Based 
uh, evidence-based treatment. Yeah. Evidence-based. Well, this would be quantifiable evidence-based fact. Narcan Ooh. saves lives, no doubt about it. I don't know what treatment this. does. I don't know the treatment does. I, you know, a lot of people say AA does. Somebody have said that Mike Mart has saved them. Somebody says that Chuck has saved them. Somebody says that I've saved them. I don't know about all that. But I do know you can be dead and shot up with something and be alive again. That's pretty miraculous. Yeah. Yeah, but it's the Lazarus. That's what we need. All right. Yeah, let's call it the Lazarus Project. Let's call it that. Perfect. <laughs> the Lazarus Project. We're Chuck, you are on everybody. fire, bro. Now we got a mission. Now we got something to get hopeful about. The Lazarus Merry, Project. Listen, hey, uh, I just want to say Merry Christmas to you guys. Uh, I mean, Christmas I know you don't celebrate you. other things, so happy holidays and happy everything else doesn't really make sense, but Merry Christmas to you guys. I Merry love Christmas, Christmas, Mike Mark. I'm, and you Christmas. too, Bob. You guys have become a part of this, uh, my family here. Yeah. Well, we were family before this. Yeah, you know, I I know, and it's just it's just so odd the way life goes, the way it goes, isn't it? It uh, is just, so crazy. I, it yeah. is so crazy how you and I met. It's just so crazy. It's just so crazy. <laughs> Mike doesn't even know. Like his son just ended up in my sober living. I didn't know him. I don't know how he got there. How did no, it happen? I knew that. I, I've heard the story. I've heard. Yeah, the story. it was so crazy. <clears throat> And I remember he was in with a kid who got a job at SpaceX. And just when SpaceX is moving to Texas, I thought about that kid. I forget his name from Pennsylvania, a really great kid, uh, Connor, I think. And I was thinking, I wonder if Connor's moving to Texas. I wonder if uh, what's happening with that. How crazy is it? A guy got a job at SpaceX while living in my sober living. How fucking mm, crazy is that? Because treatment and sober living work. <laughs> there we go. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Narcan does. All right. Good night. Merry Christmas. Good to night. All to all good night, guys. Good night, everybody. Good night, Max. Good night, Noodles. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Good night, little Tom, Tiny Tim. Good night. Good night, Elizabeth. Good night, John Boy. See you later. Bye. <laughs>